0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're talking to a pair of NESCAC champions for the track and field program. Plus, the baseball team swept Colby, and the softball team won another thriller against Trinity. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my champion, my- Right, right, right the, end, right a the men's lacrosse team defeated Colby for the fifth straight season on Wednesday, winning 14-12 at Garcelon Field. It was the final regular season home game for the Bates seniors, and we caught up with senior Andrew Small after the game. He scored two goals, dished out an assist, recorded two ground balls, and caused two turnovers in the win.
1: I think the most important thing was we were just trying to rebound from Saturday. Uh, Obviously, we just wanted to play well, play our best. This time of year, you have to be playing your best because everyone you're playing is is very good and and, uh, playing hot. So that was a really hot team that we were just happy that we could come in and and move the ball and and be unselfish and and make plays for our teammates.
0: How special it is for the senior class never to have lost to Kobe?
1: Yeah, no, it feels great. That's always uh, big. The CBB is always uh, some, some pride. The state of Maine, you're always playing for it. Um, we've had uh, some – this year's just been really really special and really great, and uh, we're trying to ride it as long as possible.
0: You touched on this, but what was you know the focus for the team after the rough game against Amherst or the last couple of days in practice leading up to this short turnaround?
1: Yeah, so Monday night we probably had the best practice uh, we've had, honestly, in my four years here, uh, just up and down. We want to just get back to the basics, uh, get back to playing hard, wanting every ground on the ball, wanting to make every pass. Uh, definitely very talkative and competitive with each other, uh, pushing each other. That, that's really what it was all about, was, was making those little plays so that when it comes out to the game, uh, we're ready for it and can make it happen.
0: All right, Andrew Small, thanks so much. Thanks. The Bobcats fell in the NESCAC tournament quarterfinals to Amherst on Saturday, and the Bates men sport a 10-5 and overall record and are ranked 16th in the country. All five of their losses have come against teams ranked among the top seven in the country in this week's poll. The Bates women's lacrosse team fell to Colby in its regular season finale and a Middlebury in the NESCAC tournament quarterfinals. The Bobcat women have an overall record of 8-8 and and are ranked 25th in the nation. Speaking of the NESCAC tournament, the Bates baseball team needs to at least split a doubleheader this Saturday at Bowdoin to qualify for the four-team conference championship for the third straight season. This comes on the heels of a big weekend that saw the Bobcats sweep the Colby College Mules in a three-game series. Outscoring Colby 26-5 along the way. On Saturday, Bates won 16-3. First year Brian Gotti Homered and senior Justin White hit his first career home run in the victory. Then senior Justin Foley pitched a complete game shutout in game one of Sunday's doubleheader, as Bates won three to nothing. The Bobcats took game two as well, this time by a count of seven to two. Foley, a two-sport athlete at Bates, joined the Bobcast. To talk about his outing and the season so far. Justin Foley with us here on the Bobcast and Justin your first career collegiate complete game at least there against Colby. What was clicking so well for you out there on the mound seven innings and shutting them out?
2: Um, really just locating fastballs and uh, keeping the ball off speed. Some breaking balls and stuff. Um, I worked with Jack. The guys behind me made a bunch of plays and um, we had a nice inning there. We just got Three runs, and that's all we needed.
0: Sure, and for you, I mean, control seems to be the name of the game, right? You don't walk very many guys. How do you approach that out there on the mound each day? Well, I just think about getting ahead.
2: Uh, starts with the first pitch. Obviously, you want to get a strike. Um, and then just stay ahead and then just put the guy away. Don't give him a chance. No free bases because, in my experience, those have always came back to haunt me.
0: Gotcha and then um you know for the team itself pretty exciting season right i mean it comes down to this weekend kind of at Bowen for in the NESCAC tournament what are your thoughts on the way the season's gone so far it being your senior year
2: yeah we're really clicking um this is i think our best record above 500 that we've had in my 4 years or my 4th year here now and um everyone gets along really well we got some good chemistry going on um we're playing good baseball at the right time now uh yeah we got we got to win two uh, one out of two by like on paper against Bowden, but obviously we want want to go for both sure um that'd be good momentum heading into the tournament but uh yeah we want to win the games in between like we got USM coming up probably St. Joe's I think will be rescheduled Mm -hmm. those are both good teams they're usually in the regional and um that's our goal we got to the uh, tournament before and that's the taste but we want to change that up and get a couple victories
0: Certainly, and for you, I mean, how have you seen yourself develop as a pitcher since you were a first year? Because you've pitched, you know, a fair amount each season, and now this year, obviously, you know, being one of the weekend starters, but how have you seen your growth kind of take place here at Bates?
2: So, at a high school, I was always a starter, and then coming to Bates, um, I didn't necessarily start my first couple years, and uh, it wasn't necessarily frustrating because, like, Coach learned the first year, and then Martin – they've always given me opportunities to pitch. It's because I throw strikes. So it's more like they get in a the jam, they feel comfortable that I can go in there and just like make, uh, put out the fire, I guess, or something just so calm it down a little bit. Um, and uh, the first, it was all right, but I don't necessarily like not knowing exactly mm. when I'm gonna pitch. Right, But I do love coming in, in the big spot. like. Bases loaded, no outs, type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. see what you can do. I used to, I enjoyed that, but um, I really like having control, full control of the game. Like from the first pitch, like I every time I go out there, I want, to, I want to pitch all nine innings or however long the game is, and um, yeah, anything short of that, I, I mean, obviously it's a team effort, and um, but that, that's what I set my set my goal is every time I go out there.
0: For sure. And how about the chance to play in the futures league? Uh, this. You, know, you know, over the summer, um, you—I know—I understand you were playing against uh, some guys who are on your team, like Jack and Nolan. How's how that how'd that go?
2: Uh, the futures league is awesome. I started playing and coming in my first year out of high school, and that definitely helped me get ready for college. Like, because all the guys, it was about a couple D one from D one to D three scattered around, and they're all good players. Um, it helped me figure out what I need to do to get college guys out, and that is be able to locate multiple pitches at all like on command yeah so um i really shaped up being able to locate a curveball and um uh, mess- i've had some trouble with my change up this year i think i figured it out again mm. so stuff like that change really being able to change sides of the plate like throw the ball inside and not hit the guy type of thing would not be afraid and leave it over the middle because that'll happen um yeah no that was fun and playing against nolan smitty and jack that's always a blast. Um, Jack's going back this year. He's going to Nashua. I mm-hmm. played up there. That's a great program. He's going to have fun there. It's closer to home for him. But um, yeah, it was always fun up, down in Brockton. The bullpens are right next to each other. Oh. So um, Jack and Nolan pitched against us a lot in the beginning of the year. But going on the like, schedule started mixing up a little bit. So yeah. it would be cool when those three guys would be over there. Sometimes I'd hop over the fence. I'd go hang out with them. <laughs> there was another. They had a Tufts pitcher on their bench too. So we'd just talk. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great time.
0: Nice. And then. Um, you know, I think I interviewed you when you were a first-year, when you were, I think, NESCAC Player of the Week in, in football as, as, a, as a punter. And you, I asked you about, you know, playing two sports. You said, I guess we'll see how it goes because I don't know yet. How has it gone throughout your time here? Uh, I've loved it,
2: Yeah, honestly. I just – I've never known not being in a se- – like in season. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to be a big change for me this summer and in the fall. But we'll get there when we get there. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Right. <laughs> um, no, but I've, I've loved it. I have it's been great for me to have two groups of guys that um, I can rely on uh, always have somebody sit with in commons yeah. but um yeah be seeing two different well now I've had four different coaches but like just being able to see like the different perspectives take a little bit from each person see what works with me the best and apply it to myself and um it's been a lot of fun even though we haven't won too many football games um I got my fair share of work. Yeah. So it's been worth it for me.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, you did. Um, and then, um, well, any other thoughts on this weekend, you know, doubleheader at Bowden coming up? Because, I mean, it's it's, um, it's do or die, sort of, right? Yeah, it
2: is. They're going to be important games. Um, I know Nolan's going to go game one. Mm. I'll go game two. Yeah. We're going to be hungry for it, though. So we got to play well. It starts with, we're on USM first. We've yeah. got to play well against them. And then, um, yeah, good week of practice. And then... Yeah, it was a close game, 3-2, when we played them. It's going to be a good weekend,
0: competitive, and I wish it was at home, but what are you going to do? All right. Well, Justin Foley, we're looking forward to the weekend. Hopefully NESCAC tournament after that. Thanks so much. Yep, thank you. The Bates softball team has qualified for the NESCAC tournament for the second straight season. Bates will take on number 3 nationally ranked Williams this Friday at 5 p.m. on the campus of Tufts University. Over the weekend, the Bobcats dropped a trio of heartbreakers to Bowdoin, but Bates did win a thriller against Trinity finishing the NASCAC regular season schedule with a record of 5-7. and seven. In Sunday's game against the Bantams, first-year Janelle Sato delivered the game-winning single in the bottom of the ninth as Bates won 5-4 for the Bobcats' second win against Trendy this year in three games. Sato sports a .427 on-base percentage this season, tops on the team. She takes us through her game-winning hit and how she's enjoying Bates so far, having grown up in Hawaii.
3: I was just basically looking to drive in a run. Um, it was Kennedy who led off and then she got a single and then Aaliyah had a perfect bunt which she got on safe and I turned to coach. I looked down third baseline and I was like I have to find a pitch to drive in this run. Um, we was battling throughout till the ninth inning I yeah. think. Um, it was definitely one of those games where we had to grind out one more run and I I guess my goal is just to hit a line drive to score that run.
0: Um, this was your first walk-off hit, I'm pretty sure, in college. How many did you ever have any in high school or club ball or anything like that?
3: I think I had a few in club ball or in high school, but this definitely was one of the highlights of my season. Um, it was one—it was one of the best games. Uh, the feeling after I hit the ball was amazing, and I couldn't have done it without my teammates and my coaches. It wasn't
0: like you know being mobbed by your teammates after getting the hit. <laughs> uh,
3: it was—it was an amazing feeling. Um, I couldn't have done it without their support, so uh, it was just a great feeling.
0: So you're from Hawaii. You have a teammate at Bates who were teammates in high school, Kendi Ishii in Hawaii as well, and now she's at Bates here with you also. How did this development go in terms of um, you know, playing ball in Hawaii growing up and then coming to Bates for college?
3: Um, well, I'm so happy that Kennedy and I kind of picked the same school. Um, I guess coming from Hawaii, like going to the East Coast, it was a huge adjustment. Um, but definitely having Kennedy by my side, uh, me playing second, Kennedy playing short, uh, that just made the whole transition a lot better. And um, I have been playing with her since, maybe 10 and under, playing softball. We had the same coaches. We grown, We went to the same high school. Um, she's like a sister to me, and we do everything together, and I'm so grateful for her.
0: Were you a double play combination in high school also, or...?
3: No, we yeah. weren't. Uh, yeah. Um, I actually, in high school, all four years, I played catcher. So Kennedy was there at shortstop, and she was always there catching my throwdowns. Um, but definitely playing second base and she playing short, it's a different dynamic. Um, Yeah, and I'm grateful that she's there. She helps me through – this is the first season I actually played second base, so Mm. she helps me kind of discover, like, what I have to do as a second baseman, and she would communicate every play, and so I'm glad that she's there. Yeah, so
0: having never had played second base before, what was your reaction when Coach was like, we need you there?
3: Um, Yeah, so during, I guess, um, Florida, Mm -hmm. she came up to me and she said, you know, can you play second base? And I was like – Sure, I don't mind trying it. I guess I could. Um I played catcher basically my entire life and I was like, "Yes, let's let's try second base." Um and like she said, she told me it was going to be a learning experience and it definitely was. Through each game I learned a little more and um if I had any questions I went up to coach and asked her uh, how I would be able to do this, something differently and she really helped me through the process um, definitely all my teammates helped me and yeah it was I, I love second base now but it was definitely a, trans- a transition from catcher
0: what about Bates appealed to you during you know the process of looking for colleges
3: oh definitely the academics and the seasons um, and coach um, introduced me to Bates and I was interested in bio and the science departments and um, everything about Bates, um, it seemed like a family community and that's what I loved. And so it definitely drew me to Bates. Um, yeah. That's interesting
0: you mentioned the seasons, right? Cause growing up in Hawaii, it must've been pretty much sunny all the time and here you have real seasons. Is that, that's an appeal for you?
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I actually have never seen snow before. So um, coming to Maine, notoriously for snow i was like oh my gosh like this is i love snow my teammates were like i think she's crazy like she loves snow this much um the first snow kennedy and i were wearing shorts and we're just like wow this is beautiful it was kind of like glitter falling from the sky um yeah and i told coach i love snow i love the seasons it's um it's something really different that we don't really get to experience in hawaii Um, but yeah, so far I'm loving it.
0: Excellent. So academically, you mentioned that being an appeal also. What are some classes you've taken so far that you found interesting here?
3: Oh, um, I have taken this marine science course that I really found interesting. Um, I didn't really think, uh, going into it, I thought it would be something outside of my comfort zone, maybe like um, some a fun course, and it was definitely fun. I also liked my bio and chem courses, um, the STEM courses I loved, mm. and uh, my calculus course definitely was a challenge last semester, but I think overall, um, the courses here are amazing.
0: Excellent. Then from a softball perspective, you know, going from, from coming from high school and now playing college, what were some adjustments you had to make initially, maybe in that first Florida trip and coming back here?
3: Definitely bringing your A game every single practice, every single lift, and every single game. I think from high school, there are some days where um, you don't really have to focus during lifts or sometimes you just go through the motion but here in college every single day has to be your A game and the intensity has to be up and your ho- your teammates kind of hold you accountable for that so I think that's the difference.
0: And then you've got the NESCAC tournament coming up here right yeah. mm-hmm. taking on Williams one of the you know top ranked teams yeah. in the country there you played them before and I know you know one of the two games was pretty uh, close mm-hmm. one so what are your thoughts on Williams coming up here?
3: I'm actually really excited to play Williams. I think that it will definitely be a challenge for us, but I think we are starting to peak, and um, everyone's coming together. And I think we're – actually, I know we're going to be able to beat them. um, It's going to – we're going to have to all come together as a team and depend on one another, and every single girl has to be a a little piece to our puzzle. So um, I think our coaches, everyone believes in us, and I think we can do it. In rainy conditions
0: at Middlebury, The Bates track and field teams both finished fifth at the NESCAC championships on Saturday. Each team produced a NESCAC champion with sophomore Zach Smith winning the men's javelin and senior captain Aiden Eikhoff winning the women's 800 meter run. After taking third last season as a first year, Smith weathered the weather to take first this time around and he placed fourth in the discus. And he is our male bobcat of the week. So
4: to start, the day was less than ideal with the rain and the weather. But once it, with the jab, it's kind of nice because you're not directly in the mud the whole time. On the runway, kind of makes it a little easier because the runway isn't muddy. So once you get past that, it's really a matter of who can keep their mark. It's kind of hard to PR in that weather. And I was able to do that and that was enough.
0: Right, so it was not a PR, but it seems like maybe some of the distances were just kind of down in general and so you're able to step into that void a little bit.
4: Yeah, my PR was, I said it last year, uh-huh. uh, and that's 55 meters, 66. And so at Nescax, I threw 52.99, which is a little less, but still for this year, I've been pretty consistent around that number. So hopefully we can jump back up and get a big one out there.
0: Sure, so in terms of, you know, was there a lot of waiting around after your throw to see if you are gonna win and kind of hold on, or how did that process go? Well,
4: the... Eventual winning throw happened. It was my second throw out of six. Yeah. So the whole time it was kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good throwers out there. Yeah. And any one of them could have beat me at that point. But I think I think it was the weather that really held people back. Ideally, I would want to improve the throw, but I didn't get to do that. <laughs> but it was enough.
0: Well, it's interesting, because last year um, you were top three at NESCACs also, right? It seems like the NESCAC championships is the right time of year for you, or how, how do you think it's been going, kind of?
4: It's just big meets. I like yeah. big meets, and it's fun to compete in these. Last year, yeah, I came in third. I threw 168, so similar to what I threw this year. Mm. This year, it was the weather definitely knocked the numbers down.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so you're a sophomore from Waterville, so how did you decide to come down the road here to Bates for College?
4: So there's a throwing clinic we run every year, and my junior of high school came down here, and I was just throwing. I remember Tyler was here, and they're they're all coaching us up. And um, Fresh came up to my coach in high school and said, can I get that kid's numbers? And so that really opened the door. So then I came for an overnight and talked to Fresh a lot, and D-Ray had me on an overnight. And then I applied early decision one and got in.
0: Well, you touched on DRAM, I mean, you also throw the discus at an event he threw, and so he yeah, had a pretty good result there as well. How do you balance the training, because it's obviously very different mechanics. Well,
4: it's actually a lot easier than you'd think, because huh. for the javelin, it's pretty hard on the arm, yeah. so we can really only do it two times per week, so that opens all the other times, and even morning practice, to any other need I- we have
0: so it's the jab there's limited opportunities so you're able to do the discus maybe when you're not doing the jab kind of
4: yeah and in the more of the regular season uh when i have a lot more events with hammer and shot sometimes sure it helps to i mean it'd be great to throw jab all the time but yeah you want to be ready for the meat you want your arm to be feeling good so we can't overdo it
0: right
4: yeah
0: um so when did you start throwing javelin growing up
4: my freshman year of high school yeah I was looking for a way out of baseball. <laughs> I didn't like it that much. Um, and then my football coach, who was also the throwing coach, said, why don't you join, join track? It, it, it'll just be a good way to start lifting for football and everything like that. And then my freshman year, I threw uh, 141 in the javelin. And I was like, there might be something to this.
0: <laughs> when did you decide you wanted to maybe possibly throw
4: in college as well? Every year in high school, I like increase my number and something about that was just really cool and just almost immediately sophomore year junior year somewhere in there I I wanted to keep doing that and then senior year when the opportunity for Bates came around and coach fresh was like yeah we'd love to have you it it was a no-brainer for me
0: excellent and so um you know New England's coming up here uh what are you going to be doing discus and jab again or are you going to do in there
4: yeah, I'm gonna be throwing discus and jab. With uh, New England's the competition's a lot stiffer. Mm. <laughs> Especially in the javelin, which is my focus right now in the yeah. later season. Discus is fun, but I'm definitely focusing on javelin. Uh, I'd have to throw a pretty big one to be in contention, but hopefully we can do it.
0: Well, yeah, I'm curious, you know, in terms of the jab from a national perspective. I mean, our NCAA something you think about. You know, either maybe not necessarily for this year, but in the future.
4: That's the goal. Yeah. When you're practicing, trying to get better, the goal is to eventually make it to nationals, and then do the best I can there.
0: you am curious. You know, growing up in Waterville, obviously that's Colby's backyard. What, what do you know about Bates, kind of growing up, if anything?
4: Really, all I knew about Bates was the. Colby Bowden Bates uh-huh. rivalry, yeah. so I'd always go watch the football games. Sure, I, di- I didn't really know much about it till I get to high school. Then it's like, wow, this is, this could actually be an opportunity for me.
0: It seems like a lot of throwers were football players growing up. Do you get that sense as well? I mean, obviously Tyler plays for Bates right here. So a lot
4: of uh, the stories I hear are similar to mine, uh-huh. where the the football coaches tied in with track somehow or wants the players to do track just to lift, and then sometimes it. Like, I fell in love with track, and yeah. I think that happens a lot. Excellent. So
0: what's going to be the practice schedule like this week for you? How do you prepare to throw it, you know, at New England's kind of?
4: Well, we go a morning practice and an afternoon practice. Mm-hmm. And one of them is usually a little easier just to, you know, for jabs, to warm your shoulder up, yeah. keep it loose. And um, then we can throw a little harder. Usually it's two different events per day. And then we throw a little harder in the afternoon usually. And um, like with discus, we can throw that a lot yeah. because that's not too hard on the body. Gotcha. So it's it's nice to have two practices, I think, to uh, get you ready.
0: For sure. Well, any our thoughts we haven't discussed about, you know, you winning the NESCAC title this year for you?
4: <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I just really appreciated my team out there, even in the horrible weather, yeah. still cheering me on and everything. There you
0: go. Zach Smith, NESCAC champion in the javelin. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's the second NESCAC title in the 800 meters for Ikeoff. Her first place finish came just two hours after she finished second in the 1500 meters. And Aiden Eikoff is our female Bobcat of the Week. Finished second in the 1500, but then a few hours later able to win the 800. Uh, first, tell me a little bit about you know, what you do between those two races to kind of keep yourself loose and ready, and but not wear yourself out or anything.
5: Yeah, definitely. So pretty much, pretty much immediately you just have to put on your layers, go back inside, Um, I did a a cool down couple laps around the indoor track Um, with you know this much time between races it really wasn't possible to have a meal or anything so just a couple snacks some Gatorade (laughs) just to get something in your stomach before you're about to race again and then uh, I tried to stay inside as much as possible so my body wasn't trying to keep me warm outside but it was a little hard because I definitely wanted to be able to support the other events but if you can you can just pull up the feet on your phone and (laughs) and watch what's going on outside so um yeah so it was kind of a kind of stressful hour and a half there um but just definitely stretching staying warm having a little bit of energy gel (laughs) and going from there
0: yeah the weather I understand not ideal take us through the weather conditions and how you deal with that
5: Yeah, it was terrible. It was truly (laughs) terrible. Um, Thankfully, by about 9.30, 10, there wasn't um, rain anymore, but it still was just a pretty frigid day. Low 40s, 20 mile an hour wind right at you on the backstretch. And especially for the races that had to deal with that multiple times, you could definitely tell it took a toll by the end with girls after battling the wind for a couple laps, really just not having that kick on the final stretch that they would have. Um, In the 1500, I definitely felt just, everything was just kind of cold and pretty tight, so I wasn't able to um, really feel like I had a lot left at the end. Um, Going into the 800, I knew I was going to deal with that again, but at the same time, everyone is dealing with these conditions, so um, I tried to be strategic. There's a couple girls who went out pretty fast in the 800, so I stayed behind them for the backstretch, hoping that that would take away some of that wind from me, and then for the 800, I was able to outkick people at the end, but... Yes, the wind definitely played a large role in this meet.
0: It's safe to say no one was setting PRs on this afternoon. (laughs)
5: Exactly, exactly. And you could tell pretty much everyone from their heat sheets going into it. I would say was, for some of the longer events, several seconds off of where they would want to be. And also, you know, when we get to these championship meets, people are wanting to PR and wanting to sort of put their training to test. And it it really just wasn't the day for it. So going into it, I'd hoped to really get a solid 1500 time and then just see what was left in the 800. And I had to change a lot of those expectations once I got there and said, this just won't be possible today.
0: Is it good? Is it nice to have that, that Williams runner to, uh, you know, kind of have, an, have your eye on her kind of the whole time? Because uh, for those who don't know, Aiden, you know, you're second to her in the 1500, but then beat her in the 800. How did that dynamic kind of work?
5: Yeah, so Anna and I have seen each other at a lot of races over the years, most recently uh, at nationals in the Indoor 800, um, and then the year before at the Indoor 800, so we definitely have been at a lot of these meets finishing very, very close to each other. Um, She is so nice, and just getting to talk to her before and after the races, about what we're doing for the day, how we feel about the race. Um, It's been great, but it definitely is really nice to have someone that you know, okay, if she's a little bit ahead of me, like I've run with her before, I can be up there and I'm, I assume that she feels the same about me when I'm going out ahead. So yeah, it's been nice to have her as a gauge
0: well, As one of the captains on the team. it Must be nice to see the team get a top five finish. I know last year a little bit further down for the team as a whole. This year it seems like uh, back in that top five
5: there. Yeah, no, that was really nice. And it's something that we weren't necessarily sure of throughout the day. Um, a lot of our points kind of came later on. And um, as Jay went over in our meeting, it was a lot of those sort of sixth, seventh, seventh, eighth places that really added up for us. Um, and yeah, beating Hamilton by half a point was just like the cherry on top of the day. But yeah, certainly a, we definitely, as you said, really no one was having great days. People had good times, which for, for the conditions were probably stellar performances, but they just didn't quite look like that on paper. Um, so a lot of those performances really helped us in the end.
0: We often talk about, like, you know, the difference between outdoor and indoors. Obviously, conditions is the main one. But um, in terms of the level of competition, in terms of the teams you're dealing with, I know New England's is going to be, a, 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 at least on the men's side, Zach was saying just, like, tons of talent coming in at NESCAC and then beyond. What's it like on the women's side?
5: Yeah, it's the same. NESCAC yeah. is, is very, very strong for what we do, but then there's always people from, from the larger D3 meets that come in. We have MIT join us. We have WPI come join us. Um, and so definitely more competition. You'll just see more heats that are stronger across the board. Um, but that being said, NASCAC is one of the top, like the most competitive. Mm-hmm. So it, it will, fortunately, it will feel like we've already kind of, of competed with a lot of these people.
0: Sure. And then uh, what races are you doing this weekend then? Is it the same races or different ones?
5: Nope. I'm doing the 800, yeah. and then later in the day I'll do, I'll do the 4x8
0: four by eight
5: okay yep. so no 1500 this week correct gotcha
0: okay <laughs> so with the, the four by eight that's obviously a fun one because relays uh the idea who's who's a part of that relay team is still kind of being worked together yeah
5: i think it is still kind of being worked yeah. together and it'll depend on how the day goes for a lot of people mm. i believe it is mary so me and um sarah so okay. yeah, a group of girls who have had a lot of experience in a 4 by 8 setting and also a relay setting in the 800 setting. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it'll go really well.
0: Well, you know, thoughts on uh, another NESCAC title for you in the 800 there?
5: Yeah, um, it. I definitely was very happy to be able to pull that off and get the points for our team that we needed. It really just did come on a day where I had different expectations. So it was great that that happened, but I also was then facing, oh, well, this day, you know, I didn't get the times I wanted. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it just, as I said, like, just really changed expectations for me. Um, but still, a great day overall. <laughs>
0: Sounds good. I Eickhoff, female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The Bates rowing teams hosted the 23rd edition of the President's Cup on Sunday, welcoming Colby, Bowden and the University of Maine to the Chiquina Boathouse in Green. The Bobcats won the Cup for the 11th straight year, and we caught up with two of Bates' captains, Senior Trevor Fry for the men, and Senior Claudia Glickman for the women, both of whom race in their respective second varsity eight boats, to talk about the experience of hosting the President's Cup. It's just always really fun to be
6: at our own boathouse and to have everyone from the Bates community be able to come and watch us row, which is something really special and really rare. and just for them to experience the boathouse and see what we actually do is a really exciting thing. Um, and then also to be with Bowdoin and Colby, it definitely has a, a community feel to it that other races don't, just because we are the only three, and then you, you Maine was there, but <laughs> the three main, like, um, main schools yeah. of rowing teams. Um, and it's fun to get together, and we all have our barbecue together and hang out, and uh, just a lot of good people in one spot, it's always really nice.
0: And Trevor Allen, I know you're both seniors, but Trevor, what was this experience like maybe compared to previous years? Always a fun time, though, I imagine. Well, it's always a fun time. And I think, like Claudia
7: said, a lot of other races that we do, people are pretty kind of closed and you don't really talk to people from other teams. But I really think the Bates, Bowdoin, and Colby Regattas, um, starting with the CBB Chase we do up at Colby in the fall, and then this and the President's Cup in the spring, is really just a fun time. And it's much more of a family atmosphere. People are hanging out, um, eating together. You're chatting with people from the other teams. Um, the racing is fast and it's definitely competitive, um, but it's so much fun to kind of share the, kind of the main rowing tradition. Um, and like Claudia said, to have all of your friends come out and see what you do um, really means a lot for us. Um, and it, it meant a lot that my three roommates were able to make it out uh-huh. and come out to see me row because it's definitely something that people don't really get to see. It's not like we get to row in the puddle, <laughs> which would definitely be kind of fun.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, Claudia, I mean, you're both captains, but Claudia, I'll start with you. What's the experience been like uh, being a captain so far?
6: It's one of the biggest honors I've ever had, just because the people above me, you know, when I was a freshman, I came in, I walked onto the team, and the captains were two of the sweetest, most welcoming and supportive people I know, and so was that whole senior class and juniors and sophomores and any everyone above me, um, and to move through the program and be able to represent my team as captain um, is something that means the world to me, and I hope that I'm fulfilling the role the way the captains in my freshman year and sophomore and junior year did. Um, and I'm someone that people feel supported by and someone they can look up to.
0: Um,
6: yeah, it means a lot.
0: How do you see it, Trevor, being one of the captains? I mean, you two kind of came in. You were, I think, in the novice boat as a first year, second varsity eight, and captain now.
7: Um like Claudia said, it's been a real honor. Um, and it's also been a lot of work this year. We graduated a lot of mm-hmm. seniors um, with the amazing class of 2018. Um, I think 23 on both sides of the boathouse, if I'm getting that correct, and nine on the men's side. Um, So kind of to step into this leadership role for both me and Eric was definitely kind of a big undertaking, um, but he's been a great partner to work with, and we have a huge freshman class, and they've definitely kept us busy on all kinds of different fronts. Um, But they're really, it's been really fun. It's been an honor. Um, I've always been setting a good example, um, but it's been really fun, and they're really kind of showing their speed right now, which I hope is Partially because of what Eric and I have done throughout the season. Um, but we'll see. We're really looking forward to New England this coming weekend.
0: Well, you mentioned your co captain, Eric Jordan. I think Peter to said on a previous episode of the Bobcast, you two have very different personalities, but it works, doesn't it? We do have very different personalities,
7: <laughs> yeah. Um, Eric is not always the most verbose person, um, but I think he's a truly kind individual and an amazing leader for the team um, and somebody that um, I've really enjoyed getting to know better this year. And I think he represents Bates rowing kind of
0: to the fullest extent. Claudia, you mentioned you walked on as a first year. So what was that process like? How you decided you wanted to come to Bates in the first place and how you decided you wanted to join the rowing team? Um,
6: so I went to a small sort of conservative private high school. And after four years there and two years in the middle school, I was very much ready to get out. And when I was looking for colleges, wanted something that I saw as sort of, antithetical to my high school experience. (laughs) Um, So I found Bates that way, and um, through an exchange I did at the Putney School in Vermont. Um, And so I knew right away that Bates seemed like a place that I would love, and it has been. It's been everything and more. Um, And I started rowing at a summer program, um, the summer before my sophomore year of high school. Um, And then I found a club near my home, and did it very recreationally there on a club where I was the youngest by probably 30 years or so. Um, <laughs> and I never had a coach. I never raced. I never erged. I just you went out in small boats with, you know, nice older people <laughs> uh, who mm-hmm. talked me through it and were very, you know, patient and, and kind. Um, but without any, like, scores or racing experience or competitive experience at all, I had nothing to, you know be recruited by, and I didn't even look for a rowing program when I was deciding on colleges. Mm -hmm. Um, I just looked at the college as a whole and always thought in the back of my mind it would be really fun to be able to row. So when I got to Bates, I met someone who also was considering walking onto the team. She had never rode before at all, so we decided to go to the, like, the orientation meeting together. And after um, hearing that it was 4 to 7 every afternoon was the, the practice commitment, she said, you know what, that's just not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really appreciate her giving me the courage to go to the meeting yeah. because I stuck with it, and <laughs> it was the greatest choice I made.
0: Did you know you were walking onto a national championship-type team?
6: I actually had no idea,
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
6: and I think it was something crazy to fall into like mm-hmm. this, and to just come to Bates because I love Bates, and to walk into a team that happened to be <laughs> the best of Division Three is just <laughs> an extra bonus, and made Bates that much more special.
0: Excellent. And Trevor, what's your background when it comes to rowing? How did you decide Bates was the place for you?
7: Yeah, of course. So I played lacrosse up to about eighth grade mm-hmm. and then was pretty done getting hit by sticks. <laughs> I still love watching the sport. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, but I live next to, I live at a boarding school in Massachusetts um, and my next door neighbor was actually the director of the rowing program. And it always told me ever since I was about nine years old that I should really try it out. So finally come freshman year I decided to take his heat and I got in a boat and kind of the rest was history. Um, and I went to a school where the vast majority of the graduating senior class would all go on to D1 colleges. Um, of the nine seniors that I graduated with from that program, I had friends at Dartmouth, Columbia, um, University of Washington, California, and I was the only one. Um, and one other person and I came to, um, came to a D3 school, actually both came to Bates, um, but those are very conscious decisions. I really wanted to go to a school where I was going to be a student first and an athlete second. Um, and got it down did the recruiting process got it down to a couple schools um, and traditionally people who from my high school who had kind of gone to d3 programs ended up at kind of the trinity and williams but i just didn't love the two programs and just kind of came to came to bates did the overnight and something with the river something with the boathouse something with coach steenstra just kind of clicked and i walked away from my overnight with the rowing team and called the assistant coach the next day saying that i was all in Um, So it was a pretty easy decision after that.
0: And that was before the new Boathouse,
7: right? That was before the new Boathouse. And I made the decision right as the Bates men were entering in their first season of winning New Englands Mm -hmm. um, and making kind of history in 2015. Um, so to hear that and kind of get the emails from the assistant coach and hear about all the success they were having um, was really exciting. Um, so I think I made the right decision, and I definitely joined the program at the right time.
0: Well, then you also said all your friends went D1. So last year's IRAs must have been extra special to compete against those type of schools. It was
7: really fun. And of the yeah. nine seniors that I graduated with, there are only two of us left. It's me and a guy at Cornell. So um, everybody else has quit um, for a variety of different reasons. Um but I take kind of a point of pride that I'm kind of one of the only ones left. Um, but it was very fun to see um, friend, my friend at Cornell, um, a friend who is rowing at Cal right now. Um, and yeah, the IRA experience was just incredible. I could go on and talk about that for the next hour. Uh, <laughs> but it was truly an honor um, to get invited and, then I mean, to qualify and then to go. And to really, it was us that everybody was looking at. I mean, we parked our trailer next to Harvard and Cal and you had all the six-foot-five Harvard rowers kind of looking at us and thinking, like, who's Bates? Uh, but everybody was so gracious and kind, and, I mean, we really couldn't have, a be- have had a better time. Um, we would have loved to have had our final race, mm-hmm, um, right. but it was a wonderful experience, and I definitely think the team is hungry to go back.
0: Yeah. And, Claudia, he touched on that fact that a lot of his friends, you know, quit rowing eventually, because it's, it's a grind, right? How have you been able to, you know, get through it your four years here, you know, as a senior now, of the captain's, because um, someone who hadn't really done this, you know, Formal setting, as you mentioned before.
6: I think that's a hard question and something that a lot of people ask and uh-huh. ask why we get up in the morning, why we <laughs> row through ice and wind and rain, and yeah. um, what makes me keep doing it. And I think that, um, I mean, something there's something really special about the sport itself. And I think when I get in a boat, a lot of times everything else goes out the window. Or if I had a you know, stuffy nose before I started, I get off the water and somehow I'm cured. And I just feel like a lot of times it's like the solution to all my problems is just to, to be rowing and to be outside and be with um, people in a boat. Um, so I think just loving what I do always gets me through it. But in addition to that, and something that's even more true for a lot of people is that there's something really special about Bates rowing um, from... Our coaches to our team, our coxswains to the people who come to every practice who can't get in a boat, um, just from the bottom up um, and the top down. It's a group of really, really special people who will do anything for each other on and off the water, um, and that's always been really palpable and inspirational. And even at the worst of times, if if I don't feel like rowing for me, like I want to row for a lot of other people, um, and that. That'll push you through a lot of things you didn't think you could push yourself through.
0: Excellent, Claudia Glickman and Trevor Fry. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap how the softball team fares in the NESCAC tournament, and we'll recap the baseball team's big doubleheader Saturday at Bowdoin. Plus, a look back at New England championships for both track and field and rowing. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Nice. Nice. My Right till the end of every day. Right, right, right till the end. Right for our money.